Welcome to the How Coronavirus Saved My Life podcast. My name is Christine. I'm a mental health nurse practitioner who got coronavirus in April of 2020 and had long COVID symptoms for months. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting better until I healed myself through unwinding my childhood conditioning. This is my story on how coronavirus saved my life and how I healed myself along with others sharing their own personal stories and how they are navigating through their own healing. How Coronavirus Saved My Life, Episode 24, The Strategy. When I discovered human design, things in my life, such as decisions, my past experiences, my uncomfortable emotions, such as frustration, my non-linear ways of thinking, and significant moments in my life began to make sense. When I had coronavirus back in April of 2020, I had a pivotal moment in my backyard. I thought I was going to die. I couldn't breathe. My brain told me I should call 911 or I was going to die. My gut told me, if you call 911, you're going to die because you're going to believe it. And I listened to my gut from that day forward. Little did I know I was using my most precious decision-making tool in my body, which is my sacral response. Today, I brought my friend and human design coach, Marielle, to dive a little deeper and continue more of a conversation about human design, talk about the five energy types and their auras, the energy type themes and non-self themes, which tells each energy type if they are in alignment or not and discuss our nine precious centers. If you haven't listened to episode 21, The Design, go ahead and listen to that first if you haven't already. Marielle and I start with the basics of human design. Marielle explains what human design is, an easy way to understand it, and how our human design is unique with each person. Thank you, Marielle, for coming on my show again today. I really appreciate you taking the time to dive a little deeper in my favorite topic of human design. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, You know how much I love this, this stuff. Um, It speaks to me on so many levels. Like I said, last time I look at something human design, like almost every day. In fact, I did um, one of my friend's charts last night and um, he and I had the same, some of the same gates. I was like, what? Um, So let's start again with talking about the energy types and getting a little more specific about what their strategy is, what their aura is, and how they know if they're in alignment or not, or if they're off course, they're non-self, whatever. So let's start, because the generators and manifestor generators, they're kind of the same with a strategy and aura, right? Correct. They have the same strategy, the same uh, aura. Exactly. Okay, so so the okay the manifestor and manifest or the generators and the manifestor generators they have their aura is open and enveloping. Is that how is that how they describe it? Correct. It's open and enveloping. So the person, the other person, um, would feel would feel that. Generally, I would say generators and manifesting generators may not pick up on that because it's the same aura type as them, mm. um, or they just may may feel just comfortable. Um, mm. I would say to um, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors, they might feel that that warmness there. Um, but I would say with manifestors, if that generator or manifesting generator is not on the same page as them, then of course it would throw them out of alignment mm. and they would start getting angry because that person's just not right for them. 
but definitely with projectors, projectors really like that generator aura. Um, even though sometimes with manifesting generators, they might find that because they're so fast paced, they move so quickly because of that kind of manifestation side that they might not have that same warm and fuzziness that they get with just a pure generator. And same with reflectors. Um, reflectors would want to, you know, because they're leaning into what feels good. They would love to be, you know, around warm and fuzzy auras or even around a manifester, you know, if they are following on that same wavelength. That is so interesting because that makes complete sense because I'm a manifestor generator and one of my good friends is a generator and my daughter is a projector. And I know that sometimes my daughter, I can tell when she's had enough of me because <laughs> yeah. she, she just needs to go do what she needs to do to get away from that crazy aura sometimes. But, but when my friend is over here, um, he's a generator. She's very, they're, they're very uh, bonded, you know, like she likes hanging around him, you know? Um, but that's, that's so, that's so interesting. Um, so, and then with the generators and manifesto generators, what is their, is it called, I guess to say healthy in alignment, what is that the emotion is satisfaction? Yeah. So that's, a, um, healthy in alignment is usually what I, um, use when I'm talking about this as like a coaching tool mm-hmm. in, in more specific human design terms, it's called the signature theme. So Uh, it's the opposite of the not self theme. So when you're looking at your chart, you would see a call, you would see it put out as a signature rather than a healthier in alignment, but really the general meeting is there. It's really that indicator that you are in healthy place within your design and you are in alignment. Gotcha. So, and that's satisfaction. Or that's, that's, um, overall that signature. So satisfaction uh, would be the one for generators specifically and manifesting generators. Gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. And then, um, so for the, um, manifestors and, or I'm sorry, the generators and manifestor generators, how do they know if they're off course, is their non-self theme? How do, what is that emotion? So their signature theme is satisfaction. That's where, you know, you want to lean into that probably more towards the end of the day, because mm-hmm. then you've kind of run your course of the day. So you want to think about, you know, sometimes it's simple accomplishments, that leaves you satisfied, but those accomplishments are things that you really wanted to do. They really kind of filled up, filled you up, bubbled you with energy. And at the end of the day, you just feel satisfied with how you use your energy. The not self theme is frustration. And we, like we talked about before, this is your super amazing superpower (laughs) sign Mm -hmm. that you are truly in, you know, that it's a, you know, a sign that you're off course. It might be, it's obviously not a sign that you're on course, but it's a sign that you know that guess what you need to redirect. So this frustration, and I talk about this um, actually a, a lot because as a non-emotional, so I don't have an emotional wave like you, um, I find that my frustration is really where my emotionality feels like it's coming from because I always get frustration tears. And that was always kind of a characteristic of me in my work life of when things started to pull out of alignment. Like I just got a lot of, you know, just a lot of frustration so to speak around um things not going a certain way or having to do activities that you know or there was a lot of resistance around certain activities and I would fall into frustration a big thing for me is like when people 
go against what makes sense um, or what makes sense for the business. And I found myself really depleted and frustrated. So it's really just a sign that things are off balance, that they're out of alignment and you kind of need to reset your course. Yes. Yes. And like, for me, that it's, it's kind of almost like, it sort of depends. I sort of have to play with it. Like what that rest, what rest means, change course, whatever, you know, I, I definitely know when I have frustration that tells me to stop and either read a book journal or just sit in the chair, you know what I mean? And so just, and also I've learned too, like, you know, you can pivot and do something else, but really when I'm frustrated, I need to just rest and rest. Like we talked about looks different, you know, something you enjoy, whatever, playing with a dog, whatever it is. But, um, and also too, is I, maybe the thing that I'm frustrated about, I'm getting a lot of resistance because I'm trying to get it. And, you know, when I went through your course and everything and learning about how, like the, the, my aura is it opportunities actually come to me. And so I, now I will say, just bring it to me universe, bring me the, I'll speak whatever it is out loud and, and bring it to me. And that it was, that's been a very um, powerful thing I've actually done in like probably the last month, just something simple as bring me someone that can help me with all my podcasts and technical things that I don't know about. And lo and behold, I meet somebody two weeks later that that's actually what they've written a book on and we're good friends now. And so it's just, it's really cool to, to know that you don't have to sit here and work for all this stuff. Things actually can come to you, which is super awesome. And, and that's def- and and just to add, so that's very generator. So generators and manifesting mm-hmm. generators. The other part of their aura is that it's magnetic, and your oh. responsibility as being a generator, a manifesting generator, is really clearing your aura of all the things that you feel you should do, that you feel guilty by, that you're saying yes to, but they really should be no's. And when you're saying yes to yeses and no to no's, the universe kind of does bring things to you because you become so magnetized for what's right for you. So that's another way that your aura really works strongly for you. That is really cool. I'm a magnet. That's amazing. I love that. That is just, and how easy is that too, right? Like you don't have to, like I said, like that is super cool. Okay. I'm going to like do something every single day where I'm something I know that, Right. Cause I'm not good with technology, but I've had to teach myself had to, you know, and I, I need to ask more of those opportunities and just let the universe take care of it like, and bring it to me. That's super cool. Um, and so, and it's really, imp- so like you were saying, it's really important. And this is for generators and manifestor generators to say yes to the things you want to and no to the no things you don't want to. Right. Correct. And the only difference would be whether you have an emotional authority or a sacral authority. Gotcha. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, okay. And then is there anything else that we, you think we should address with the generators and manifestor generators? Um, something that a couple things that maybe we need to point out. No, just a, a quick note again, just to kind of beat a dead horse about it. You really want to follow what you truly want to do, what you love to do, and what gives you excitement and energy and actually creates energy within you. And everything else, e- even if it's a myth, you know, you know, you need to do it. Um, those are the things that if you can delegate them away or you can wait until maybe they do spark, especially with MGs. 
And definitely saying, being really judicial and crucial around saying no to things that you really know are no's. And if it's something that absolutely has to be done, of course, you know, taxes, for example, mm-hmm. you know, you have to find the right time where you aren't, where you do maybe have a little extra energy and just be maintaining that energetic balance. But if you are needing to get a boost and you're kind of feeling depleted, the best thing you can do for yourself is really hone into what you want to do and what feels really good, because that's going to create more energy to do the things that are less exciting. I love that. Speaking of taxes, I've been trying to, well, I've been avoiding it or, you know, I've been doing the things I love to do basically. Um, but I know that the taxes are around the corner and that's something that, um, I'll need to be doing soon. But what's cool is I have a bunch of projects that are, I'm about to complete in a few days. So I'm next week, I'm going to have the energy just for that. So that's awesome. I'm not going to start anything else new next week. So that's, that's good to know. Um, okay. Um, can we talk a little bit about manifestors? What is their signature? Their signature is peace. So what I like to talk about when it comes to manifestors and peace is that after we have this evolution that we talked about in the last podcast where projectors kind of came on board and the, basically the way the world kind of works changed, we didn't need as many manifestors. So now manifestors are really leaning in towards peace because they want to lean into exactly their internal urges that they want to pursue. And they want peace because they don't want people coming and interrupting them. And that interrupting and that, that, questioning and all of that comes from this not self theme of anger. And when they get angry, it's usually because people are getting in their way Mm -hmm. and, or people Mm -hmm. are questioning what they're doing. So that leads into their strategy of informing. And once they kind of just let, you know, and it's, it's a ton of different kinds of informing. It's simply saying like just sharing your thoughts and sharing your feelings and sharing what's going on to you starting a new project. And it just, that just kind of clears the path because sometimes people, you know, get a little frustrated when a manifester just goes off and does something about saying what they were doing. Um, I remember manifestors in my past, like um, that they would just go off and, and just disappear. And I'm just like, where did you go? Like, where, <laughs> where, did, where are you going? What are you doing? And it wasn't that I was trying to get in their way. It's just that like, Hey, like I, you know, I, I just kind of like to know if you're coming back anytime soon or if I should, you know, make my own plans for dinner or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it became frustrating because they just weren't informing different things and also because no one ever is taught to inform um i think you know informing in a lot of ways just by letting people know what's going on with you can really be just a a good tip in general um to just let people go know what's going on especially if you're not just a manifester you also have emotional authority letting people know you're in a low state and taking time for yourself but you're communicating that can be vital i know we're going to talk about that again so i'll repeat myself when we talk about emotional authority Oh, I, so that is, yes, that everything you said, Mike, because my, my only manifestor friend that I know of, she disappears all the time. And sometimes she lets me know, especially, well, she'll, she'll let me know and her friends know when it's going to be this huge emotional thing she's going to go release or something. And that's just really cool. And I will say when she is telling, telling, there's been a couple of times where she's told me something like, you know, that she's going to do and I maybe didn't agree with. Um, yeah, that's, that's um, anger, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And now I know, like, just listen, like, you don't, you don't need to chime in. Just look, they, they kind of, it sounds like they want 
people just to listen. Yeah, I think I think there's a level of that because it's like acknowledging that, okay, you know, there when you're listening, you're not disagreeing. When you're listening, you're not putting obstacles in the way. You're just allowing, you know, you're allowing this person to inform you. And that's where like that anger comes in when it's like, it's a situation where you're telling a manifestor what to do. And that's like a super big no-no, even if you don't agree on it, agree with it. It's kind of their path to follow. Mm -hmm. And you're not the one to, as a, you know, as a caring friend, let them know that you disagree, doesn't think it's going to work out because they need to play that play that course for themselves yeah that and it, it's so funny because her mom uh, always disagrees with her <laughs> um so there's a little strife there that's so fascinating okay and um and then the next is projectors tell tell us about that so projectors their signature is success and their not self theme is bitterness so success is what they lean into and also i would i would say this is similar to um generators and manifesting generators this is something that you want to kind of assess over time and maybe at the end of the day and they want to just you know projectors want to lean into do they feel successful today and because their strategy is all about um what we call waiting for the invitation what i think is just waiting you know you're just you're identifying whether there's recognition and value in the conversations you have in the opportunities you pick up um, and different, you know, where, where you may work, where you are in a relationship with a friend or a significant other, there has to be that value and recognition. And when there's that value and recognition, when they, when the projector starts to talk and usually they're offering really sage wisdom or helping guide or helping tweak or helping make it more efficient, when they have that value and recognition, that communication gets heard. And so that's what leads to that success feeling. They feel successful in the way that they've communicated, in the way that they offer their support. And that's what they want to lean into. When they're trying to make a connection that isn't right, that they're not valued and recognized, then it's going to lead them to feel bitter because this person wasn't listening. They didn't get heard. You know, a lot of these other layers of it. And so when you're thinking about being a projector and how you kind of get an alignment, especially with your strategy of just waiting for this invitation, it's not so much waiting, but also recognizing the right situation. I don't like to say that they're waiting, just like generators and manifesting generators aren't waiting to respond. It's almost your job to make sure you have things to respond to. So it's kind of a in the best interest of projectors that one, they can be seen so they can be recognized and valued. And also they can, you know, if they want to kind of reach out that they're, you're, they're kind of asking for that opportunity. They're asking for that, that invitation, because, you know, I don't want to say that you need to sit around and wait for things to happen in your life. I want, you know, them to feel like they have the ability to kind of connect when they need to connect. And just if that opportunity, that invitation is not there for them to be like, Hey, it's not right. And just move on. And I, that's what I like to talk about when it comes to projectors, because I don't want them to be in this place of like, I just have to sit down and just let the universe talk to me or people come connect to me. There's a lot that they can do to be seen and a lot they can do to kind of navigate whether some, you know, a person is the right person to go to, go to for this. If they can feel that that recognition is there, then they know it's right. If they're also checking in with their authority. Yes. So uh, I know so many projectors. My sister is one and I see that she is in a, gets in so many conflicts with strangers. <laughs> um, Cause she like something will happen 
and she wants to tell the stranger, for example, there was a few weeks ago, she was in this parking lot of Walgreens or something and somebody parked next to her really weird and it, she couldn't anyways. And she decided to proceed to tell the stranger how he should park. And there was a confrontation like, and that seems like, and it's funny because she's actually a really good teacher. Like, you know, she's not a teacher, but she knows a lot of things. And when she is in that, that response where, you know, it's invite where people are listening and it's the right time. It, she it's, she's powerful, but she gets in that bitterness mode a lot because she's not, so is she's not recognizing it's not the time or, or what? It could be a timing or that person literally just wants, doesn't want to be bothered. Like they're not, they're not there for that advice or there mm-hmm. for, you know, to hear that. And then of course they're going to react in whatever way. So if it's like, especially if it's a manifester, it's going to result in anger. If it's a generator (laughs) and MG, it's going to result in frustration, which can be very felt by the other person. Uh Um, And with reflectors, although they're uncommon, it would be disappointment, but it's, you know, it's really just understanding that not everybody here is here for that advice. And I would think when it comes to like, strangers that sometimes it's better to bode on just not saying anything because it's it's unlikely that they want a lecture about how to park right 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 and maybe that's just maturity too (laughs) but um but yeah so so when you said the other person can feel that do you mean like like let's say I can feel frustrated by her or she can feel my frustration she could feel your frustration, just mm-hmm. like you, if you crossed a, you know, you cross that boundary with your manifestor friend mm-hmm. and she gets angry, you uh-huh. can feel her anger in yes. that way. Um, I can feel it from my head. To, it's like an earthquake. Yeah. It feels like an earthquake. You know? Like, yeah. I, I and that, don't. <laughs> and I don't. feeling that on her end is going to lead to her feeling bitter. Your frustration leads to her feeling bitter. That's so fascinating. Oh my God. And Cause I always say, we're just all reacting to each other. And it's so true. We truly are reacting to each other. That's so crazy. And we'll, okay. we'll talk about reactions and reactionary emotions Ooh. as well with the, the emotional solar plexus, because I'll just, I'll add the tidbit here. Not all emotionality is controlled within the solar plexus. Like everyone has emotions and these signature and not self themes are a perfect example of the kind of emotions, reactionary emotions that we can for sure have, no matter if our solar plexus is defined or not. Uh, hashtag it's complicated <laughs> yeah sneak peek <laughs> um okay and then the last one reflectors so reflect reflectors uh their signature is their signature is surprise and they're not self-themed as disappointment so like i said you know they can be disappointed by the world or disappointed by you know expecting things to be a certain way and they're not since their strategy is waiting a full lunar cycle of 28 days, their disappointment could come from not waiting for that 28 days and making an incorrect decision because they didn't give themselves time to fill out the decision as the moon moves through all 64 gates. And it could just be, you know, sometimes disappointment because they're in a place where that doesn't feel good and they're forcing themselves to be in that place mm. where they need to lean into what feels surprising. The world is meant to surprise them. You know, people are meant to surprise them. Interactions are meant, you know, their life experience is meant to surprise them. If they're feeling disappointed, it's like, how can they reset so that they're giving themselves that full inner cycle to make decisions, big decisions, um, and making sure they're, they're really feeling in alignment. And if they don't have that kind of compass or that time to, to take the 28 days, 
as long as they're feeling good in that environment that they put themselves in, they're feeling good about that relationship, they're feeling good about that opportunity, then that's at least something that they can rely upon or give themselves some time if they can give themselves a week or two at least to make a, a, a more so bigger decision and understand at least like the experience to go through those gates. That is so fascinating. I mean, you know, me, Miss Manifestor Generator over here, I don't have time to wait. So what does, so, I mean, do reflectors, like, are they cool with that? Like, I mean, I know you've met a few, or just waiting 28 days, it just sounds so long to me. Well, keep in mind, it's big decisions. Like, whether I should move to this city, whether I should Mm. take this job, Mm. whether I should, you know, work long-term with a a business partner. So it, it really depends on there being a, a bigger, a bigger decision kind of around it. Um, in the moment to moment, it's really about leaning into what feels good for them because they are more kind of, they're less conditioned by other people, but they're more conditioned by the transits and other environmental mm-hmm. factors. So, you know, and they don't always have that luxury of the 20, you know, the 28 days, like when it comes to food, I always bring up food hundred percent as the example of if you're not, a, if you're an emotional, like do not wait overnight to decide what you're going to eat today. So the same thing goes for a reflector. You're not going to wait 28 days to meal plan. So you kind of want to make sure that there's another guiding force that's, you know, in your way. So, you know, that you're making correct decisions moment to moment on the shorter decision kind of path and leading into what feels good is really important for reflectors. Mm, okay. Okay, so let's talk about the nine centers. Okay, so we have um, the root, the sacral, the solar plexus, the spleen, ego, will, heart, throat. And I can never say this word. Is it that Anja? Is that how you say it? Uh, Ajna. Ajna. Or the, mind. You can call it the or mind. mind. Okay, yeah, yeah, make it easy. Um, and then you have the head, right? Are those all the ones that I miss any of them? Yep, and I can definitely add... Um, tips about whether it's your authority or not when we go over each center. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, Because that's, that's, that's really important. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the root. Oh, and can we before we, should we talk about open and defined as we talk about each center or talk about what open versus defined means before we go through them? Sure, I'll give you like a quick overview. So when you're looking at your chart, like physically looking, a defined center is one that will be colored in, whether it's brown, whether it's red, whether it's green, whether it's yellow, depending on each of the centers. So that's one that you're that's one keynote where you can look at these centers and know what's defined and undefined. Also, if it's open or if it's open or undefined, then it would be white. Open would mean there's no activated gates. So each of the gates would not have like a circle around them or something to note that they're activated. And an undefined undefined center would be white, but you could see that there are gates activated either by a colored circle over the number um, or depending on whichever software you're using. The main thing to understand around defined versus open and undefined is that where you're defined, this is energy that you're putting out there. Even if it's not an energy center, like the identity, for example, you're kind of putting that like people who have it open are sensing your identity. Even if it's not a motor center, they're still picking up on your identity versus where it's open or undefined. You're taking that in from other people. So when you're looking at your chart, looking at defined things, these are things that are going to be kind of set within you. You know, we'll talk about what that means for each of the centers 
And then when it's undefined, that's definitely where you're taking it in from other people. And that type of energy or that type of, you know, theme will be, will ebb and flow within you. And it's more your responsibility not to overly identify with, you know, other people that you're taking in that energy from and understand how to kind of maintain your own boundaries and kind of homeostasis in that area. And, um, you know, learning from all of this experience that you're taking in from all of these other people and making sense and wisdom about it and being super empathic about that without identifying with it, without taking that in or being conditioned by it. Yes. Um, I love it. <laughs> um, and we're going we're gonna to start with the root. When the other day I heard some, or I think I read something about those with an undefined open root can feel somebody who has a defined root if they're in a rush all of a sudden they feel like they're in a rush as well so let's talk about the root what is the root center so the root center is both a pressure center and a motor center it's the center at the very bottom of the chart if it's if it's defined it'll be brown and if it's obviously if it's undefined or open it'll be white and so this is the center like that gets you to pushes you to start something get something in momentum Um, And also the center that handles kind of stress and hurry. And so when it's defined, ideally, if you're looking at the alignment side, you're going to be very grounded. You're going to have your own sense of timing when it comes to initiating and starting things. And, you know, but you still can be conditioned either from yourself, conditioning yourself. And this is something I have a lot of experience with. And telling yourself you need to have, you know, you need to be initiating more, you need to be in action all the time. And that can overexhaust your defined center. And for me, that led to adrenal fatigue. So it's, it also governs the adrenal glands in the actual body. So you can have a defined center and still be conditioned just to clear any notion out there that if you have a defined center, you're automatically in alignment and everything's good, Uh not necessarily. You're still can succumb to society's pressure. And as you know, everyone knows, especially in the US, there's a very strong hustle culture. And so you can definitely take on this level of hustle, especially if you're meant to be more grounded, which we all are meant to be more grounded. You can take that and use that against yourself and condition yourself to be more hurried and more stressed and take on more pressure. Uh, a thousand percent, um, same, um, now I'm going to go back over my roots later on tonight because I, I definitely, I, it's like this guilt thing. If I'm not doing something, it, it's like, why, why I put this pressure on me if I'm, so when I, when I, Hey, this is funny. When I have a frustration and I decide to rest, there's this guilt thing that happens. It's like, I should be doing something. And so, you know, I, try to, you know, tell my brain like that, no, you need to rest. It's important because I know there have been times when I did like actually rest, like I had something came to me and I did, it was really awesome. So, um, yeah, I need to work on my route more. I'm going to look at that. Okay. And Um, I totally can, I, and just to say, I can totally identify with that. I get in the same way where I know, like I feel depleted, I feel uninspired and I just need to rest. And, but that guilt, you know, that guilt seeps in and that can be such a huge energy drain. Mm-hmm. That guilt for not oh. taking action yep. almost depletes you more than taking yes. the action in the first place. It's exhausting. It's totally exhausting. It's totally exhausting. Okay. So then let's talk about um, sacral, the sacral center. So the sacral center is that center of life force, sustainable energy. 
So if you haven't defined, you're either a generator or a manifesting generator. And we talk about when we talk about doing what you want to do, doing what you love to do, that's all things related to the sacral center. And the sacral center, when it, you know, when you allow it to respond, so it's also that response engine that correlates to the strategy. When you allow it to respond to something and it tells you yes, no, you know, maybe or fear, you need to kind of respond in line. So any yeses, you know, do it, you know, especially if you're a manifesting generator, because that that response changes quickly. If you kind of sit on it, it might change. So you kind of want to act in the moment much more. And with generators, it's usually a, you can kind of count on that sacral response to be long term. So you can kind of sit with that sacral response for a while and kind of rely upon it. But if you're going through your day and you have things that you're really excited about, it's kind of your responsibility to do that. It'll create more energy for the things you're less excited about doing but need to do and actually creates more energy for the people around you. So you're, mm. you're doing a favor. Like you, you're doing a favor for your projector daughter by having more energy and she can pick up on that. Oh, my gosh. That's so amazing. I love that. That. Oh. That's that just man. Okay, that's gonna be something I'm gonna think about all night. That's great. Yeah, it is and, her job not to become addicted to that energy and feel like she can only you know take action when she needs it or take space when you know like you had mentioned before she needs mm-hmm. space from you but feels like she needs to be around you because she needs your energy. So it's all it's yeah. all about boundaries for her as well. Wow. Well, and and some people. So I when I started getting into human design and knowing that like I have a sacral response, you know. Um, some people were like, well, what's a sacral response? What is the, how do you know if it's a yes or no? And so I got this guide. It was off the, the conscious parent guide. And so it says the sacral response can feel like, and this is what yeses feel like, a burst of enthusiasm, giddy and bubbly, a pulse at the navel, butterflies, whole body tingles, an adrenaline rush, expansive and opening, upward rising energy. Also, too, I clap my hands when I'm dancing. If I'm dancing in the kitchen over something, that is a hell yeah. And then a no feels like it's deflating, pressure and tightness, a pit in the stomach, heaviness, a stomachache, nausea, constriction in the body. Yes, that's definitely me. There's a no. Collapsing, hiding, and a gross feeling. Like, those are no's. Absolutely. I can, I can identify with, like, almost all of those as a sacral generator. And the things to note is that, you know, there's yeses and there no, there's no's, but there's also maybes and there's also yes. fear. So the maybes are just not going to feel like much or you have a little bit of a response, but it's nothing compared to like a full hell yes that you felt before. Right. And then fear oftentimes feels like excitement. Like it feels like a yes, like the excitement, but also feels like a no, like you're pulling away from it. And you kind of have to just tune in when you have the excitement and the no response as well. And realize, is this something I'm afraid of doing, but it's really something mm-hmm. I should be doing? Not mm-hmm. should. Right. I really want to do, but I'm just yes. afraid of it. Yeah. A thousand percent. Because um, on Monday, I on March 21st at 7 p.m., I'm hosting my first live streaming event for my podcast episode. And we're going to talk about um, mental health stigma in the Black community. And I'm really, really excited but I'm also really nervous, you know, because I've never done this before. Um, and I know it's going to be great and it's going to turn out really beautiful. And so and it's going to happen. But but like what you were saying, like it, it it's the fear of, of what's going to happen or not wanting to do it because it's not even it's a hell yes, you know. 
but that no or whatever it is, is it, it's just fear, I guess, is, is what's seeping through. Um, and also, too, like, with sacral responses are sounds in our throats. Like, mm-hmm. when we are going, um, ah, you know, oh. Yeah. If, if somebody asks you a question and you're like, hmm. You know, the, the sound, those are, those are our sacral responses, the sounds we make in our throats. Which I want to add is really funny uh, for me. I never really realized I made sacral sounds until I was around a projector that pointed them out. What? Because, yeah. I was like, I didn't, I didn't think about it. Cause I mean, obviously you have a lens, you know, a different lens on yourself than you do have on others. Like I totally could feel the yeses, the excitement, the expansion, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. bubbliness, people could just sense it in me. And then with the nose, I can totally identify with that physical feeling, but it wasn't until someone pointed out when I was like, huh, or, mm. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, you make sacral noises. You realize you make sacral noises. I was like, no, but I guess I do. And I think it's also because my, my partner is a sacral generator as well. So I think it's just, I'm in an environment where it's just the norm and I didn't have anyone to point out that it was potentially not abnormal, but that it was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, let me ask you this as a side note. So he's a sacral generator. Do, does, do y'all ever mimic each other's sound? Like, let's say you're sitting on the couch and you go, mm. does he go mm, too? Have you ever had that happen? Maybe once or twice. But then again, I haven't been watching for it. But, uh, you know, the next time we meet up, I'll definitely catch you up on that. Yeah, because uh, that's that's happened to me uh, a few times. And I'm like, is he repeating my sounds? And then I actually like purposely made a sound and he repeated. It. I was like, what is this? What's happening? Uh, I'll definitely be testing that tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Test it. Test it. Um, okay. And then. Well, that- before we move on real quickly, when it comes to your say, like if you have a sacral authority, those, mm-hmm. that, those yes response, those no responses, those sounds, all of that is meant to help you make decisions yes. in the moment. And so you're, you know, you're very, like, when it comes to being a sacral generator, it comes to being a manifesting generator with a sacral response, you're meant to be super quick with your decision making. The second you kind of turn on your brain, that's when you're going to start overthinking it, uh, thinking it. And a quick note on just on authority in general, no one has a true mental authority. You might see mental authority associated with certain kinds of projectors, but that doesn't mean they actually make mental decisions. So as a sacral generator, you're meant to like really physically respond to something in the moment, kind of catch yourself with your excitement or catch yourself with that draining, depleted feeling. And then that's your answer. And it's your responsibility to go with it. Yes. And let me add another thing to that. I'm glad that we're still on this, the sacral response. It's so cool. Um, Because open ended questions, you're not going to get an answer. I'm not going to have a yes or no, or a maybe. If you ask me, what do you want for dinner tonight? You're going to get a confused, like, but if you ask me, do you want Mexican or Chinese? Like I have to have choices to make decisions. And, and I've really grown that muscle too. like, you know, starting a business and things like that. Like, you know, do you like this, the way this slide look, yes or no? And I might be like, "Mm, uh, that's a uh, maybe or no, let's try Give me more. I always tell people, give me more choices. I need more choices. I'm not sure about those, but give me more choices. I know choices is so important for me. That's how I make decisions. It's either yes or no. True. And between the dynamic between me and my, my partner, um, when we think about what to eat, we both are like, oh, what do you feel like? What do you, what do you want (laughs) to eat? And it's just like, no, I don't know. I don't know. 
And usually I'm the one that's pulling up the Yelp app and just going through, you know, different restaurants and then responding to whichever one sounds good and then asking him if he agrees and then we move forward. Yeah, (laughs) it's so strategic. I mean, but it's cool to, the thing about it is it's so cool to know that's how I make decisions. It's taken me, a, I mean, maybe I was doing it already and didn't even realize it, but now that I'm conscious of it, man, it's so awesome because now I know like how to make a decision. Like I need choices, you know, I, I just, it's so great. Um, okay. And then the dango solar plexus. So yeah, so the solar plexus is the emotional awareness center. And it's it's, um, an awareness center and it's also a motor center. So it has energy, emotional energy tied to it. And it also has a a tie to spirituality. Mm. So so when it comes to this emotional center, if you have it defined, it means you have one of four different emotional waves um, that range in levels of subtlety to, uh, let's just call it dramatic. Mm-hmm. And if you have this center defined, you, de- you also have an emotional authority. So with this emotional wave, this is going to take you from highs and lows or hope and pain. So when you're in a high, mm-hmm. that's when everything feels possible. You want to say yes to everything because it's like everything's just going to work out. And when you're at a low, it means like, oh, nothing's working out. The world is not a good place. Bad things happen. You know, all that. So really just in a kind of a mood roller coaster. And it's not predictable. Like you can't say like, oh, I'm on a high on Monday and a low on Wednesday. That means I'm going to be a high on Friday. It doesn't quite work like that. So it's less about kind of knowing that your wave works in this way, but also just tracking about how you know where you feel on that like mood scale. And you can just track it. You can track it daily or track it whenever you, you know, kind of feel that. And it gives you just more awareness around that emotionality. The other piece of it is as a deci- as a decision-making tool, it means that you need to give yourself time. So if you're in a high, you want to say yes to everything. When you're in a low, you want to say no to everything. And you could, you could inadvertently make a very impulsive decision not to do something that's aligned for you or do something that's unaligned for you. So you want to give yourself time to kind of experience that decision on, you know, different levels of emotionality. And sometimes it's as simple as just thinking, you know, just giving it a, you know, take like giving it a night to sleep on it. And then in the in the morning, if you still feel good about it, especially if you're a sacral being, you can kind of check back with your sacral and you feel still feel excited about it, then you know it's the right thing. If it's meh or a no, then you pretty much need to say no to that thing. The other cool part is that, like I said, it has a kind of tie to spirituality. And this is around, you know, this waiting for clarity, giving yourself time to make a decision, sleeping on it is also, you know, letting you kind of tune into divine timing. So -hmm. if you are so excited about something because you're on emotional high and you want to say yes right away, if you don't give yourself time, you know, the universe might be bringing you a better opportunity tomorrow. Or it could show you that this is not a great opportunity by something you find out in between. So just allowing yourself to have time and allow yourself to kind of experience that decision will bring it into more clarity the time you give it. So you could want to give it even more time, the bigger decision it is than even overnight. So it's really up to you and how, you know, how certain you are on an emotional level of that decision and whether it's correct for you. 
Oh, yeah. And so I, I, I feel like I'm the only one with the undefined solar plexus. I'm just taking everybody's emotions in. Um, but I, I have a friend of mine. Hers is defined. And that, that's her, um, what do you call it? That's her authority is the emotional solar plexus. And um, she's talked about how, because um, we were talking about, you know, the emotional wave and stuff. And she said one thing that's frustrating for her is like being in a relationship, like, or people around her don't understand that she literally needs to wait before she can say yes or whatever it is and make sure that's the, the decision, you know, the right decision. Is there a way to, um, I don't know if you know, but like explain this to people like that you, that's, uh, that you have to wait, like you have to write off the wave, like, like maybe say something like, I don't want to make a decision when I'm emotional or something. Well, it all depends on the particular relationship because some people don't want to say like, I don't want to make, or you can just say, I don't want to make an emotional decision Mm. Um, or, you know, just create that boundary of, Hey, you know, I just, you know, I need your support right now to just allow me to have more time. Mm -hmm. I do think it's kind of funny because most people try to advise you against making a in the moment decision. I think it's funny that people are like pressuring her to make instantaneous decisions. I feel like that's out of the norm. Yes. And that, and that's probably part of her human design, whatever her karma. I don't know. Um, she is a one, three, by the way. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I will say like another friend of mine who, um, you know, has a defined solar plexus. I remember there was a trip or something happening and I remember he was like, I don't know right now. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'll go, but I was being impatient. I'm like, well, so, and then finally he was like, well, then it's a no, like, and that was it, you know? Like, I do not pressure me to make a decision. Let me think about it, you know. And now that I know that that's his emotional, his emotional way that he needs that time, take all the time you need. You know what I mean? It's just, it's really funny. This is why I love human design, because the way that I approach my friends and family, coworkers, it's so different now, because now I can see. Like, I don't have the answers to everything. Everybody is so unique and we all make decisions from different energy, different spots, you know? And so it's, it's actually sort of made me more, um, at peace, (laughs) um, that, 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 and that's okay. Like, it's totally okay for them to, however they're designed, it's totally okay. Okay. And so, okay. But so the, the undefined was so there. I want to stop here because the undefined solar plexus, which is me and we, so is it, do we take on those other, we just feel the other people's emotions. Like, can you explain that a little more? So we're, you know, and I didn't add this before. So where you have an opener undefined center, you're taking that in and amplifying it. So mm-hmm. especially when it comes to that emotional energy, you're taking it in and amplifying it. And generally you don't necessarily know where that emotionality is coming from you can usually recognize it's not you, mm-hmm. but it's your job to identify it as not yours, create those boundaries around it, do what you need to do. If you need to take space, you 100% need to take space. Mm-hmm. And then also too, as being super empathic and understanding where someone else is on their wave, you know, if that, if that openness in that relationship is there, just be like, Hey, like, I just, you know, I've, I noticed that, you know, you're, you're in a little bit of a low. It's like, maybe you just want to take some time, you know, on your own, have this conversation later, something like that. So that you're using that like super hyper awareness of their emotional state to help them and guide them. Cause that's what comes from this is just true emotional wisdom and empathy. 
Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I worked with for like three, four years. She has a defined, I have an undefined. I'm like, I literally like describe it as like a roller coaster. You know, I'm like, why am I on this emotional roller coaster? I'm just sitting here minding my business. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I love her. So, it, and I was reading something like the, um, the, the undefined, they're the receivers and the define or the transmitter. So they're like transmitting the emotions and then the receivers undefined or, or taking them in. So I thought that absolutely. was, yeah, I that's thought that was like absolutely a really correct. cool, cool way of explaining it, you know? Um, okay. The spleen. Let's talk about the spleen. The spleen is also an awareness center. It is not a motor center, so it doesn't have any, like, quote-unquote, energy tied to it. But it's all about bodily awareness. Um, And that goes along with instinct. You also hear a lot about it being intuition, but it's definitely the intuition that is, you know, much more related to that instinct level of things. Kind of that, that awareness of, you know, good, bad, and the other that you physically take on. Um, Because no one wants, you know... I don't want to put out the word there that if you have an undefined spleen that you're not don't have intuition because all of their definition um, throughout your chart, also your all the open centers that you have, you know, all the different interactions you have in your chart, you are 100 percent meant to have like a level of intuition about it um, and to trust your body. So if you're a sacral authority, you're 100 percent trusting your body and the intuition that your sacral is giving. So I just want to, you know, dismantle that, that level of, you know, disconnection. A lot of the times when we talk about the spleen being the intuitive center, it 100% is intuitive, but it's much more geared towards body intuition. Mm. So when you have it defined, you have these like inner knowings. Um, For me, it's like, usually it's kind of pretty black and white because I have it defined. And sometimes it's like, I know when something's bad and not to do it. And I, mm-hmm. and I know when something feels more safe. Mm. So it's a really strong guidance system in that way. It's also tied a lot to anxiety and fear. So all of the gates, you know, in the more contemporary interpretation of human design, it's all in terms of fear, like fear of authority, fear of failure, you know, fear of um, inadequacy, things like that. And so because it's so tied to fear, it's, it's uh, on this, on the, you know, in, in alignment versus not self or in alignment versus not self, or like if you, you, we don't really call it signature, but I would just call it in alignment. It's like, you are aware of your fear and you don't let it get in your way unless it's something that you really do need to respond to mm. that is like bad for you. Like, don't go into that dark alley because you know yeah. it's bad for you. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're fearing um, being seen or you're fearing or not trusting your intuition, those are things that are you're meant to kind of push past that. That's super cool. So like the spleen is like it's got kind of got these two like fear themes almost like so it's like one is the the like almost like the survival like danger, you know, like there's definitely been times where I mean, my spleen must have been in action. And then it has this other thing about, like you said, what fear of not doing something or not wanting to do something or scared or whatever. Um, so because and that's different from a sacral response, like, you know, a yes or no, like that your sacral response. That's just like making decisions, doing what you love, you know, in alignment, not alignment. your spleen is like survival and then like fear of and avoiding things. Do I have that right? Yeah. And like fear of avoiding things. So say you have the gate that's fear of of 
inadequacy. Mm-hmm. That fear of inadequacy might mean that you don't show yourself, that you don't put yourself out there or because you're not going to be proficient enough. And so that kind of fear is not going to get you anywhere. You kind of have to overcome that fear. You have to become aware that it's a fear that's in you and you're going to have to tell it no. It's not going to make the fear go away. It's just going to be, you're going to be act, you know, saying, hey, I get you. I understand you're protecting me, but this is getting in the way of me being successful or me being satisfied by life. So I'm going to, you know, say, hello, I see you, but you're not getting in my way. That Yeah, I love that. I went through my spiritual shift. Um, you know, of course, our natural thing, like our brain tells us, you know, you know, avoid it, avoid it, you know, don't run away from the fear, you know. Um, but now I just say, um, bring me more. And I instantly feel more in control when I say bring me more fear because I'm not avoiding. I'm like, bring, I can handle anything, you know. Um, okay. Absolutely. So, and, talk- Sorry, so also to really quick. Um, so like I said, it has a lot to do with anxiety. So when you have this open <laughs> is you're going to take in the anxiety of fears of others that have it defined. So if you have it undefined or open, you're going to be kind of just like with emotional solar plexus, you, you'll be taking in the fear and anxieties of others. But you'll have a lot of really amazing wisdom and perspective and empathy around this, you know, the fear and anxiety of others and be able to support them in that way. And when it comes to kind of that, so it is also an authority. So people who have this as their authority, um, which would be either projectors or manifestors, they are get these little inner knowings. And that's their guidance system on how to make a decision. They're really fast. They, you know, they can, you can let it go and then allow it to come back to you. But unlike the sacral response, you have a sacral response, you can go back to that same thing and then recheck your response to it versus inner knowing it doesn't you know it's not it's not responding to something it's not reacting in the same way it's kind of a fleeting inner knowing so it's like when those kind of hits come to you you want to listen to them especially if it's your authority oh that's my daughter too wow okay wow okay okay so um ego and will that's one of the other that's another center can you talk about that yeah it's the heart ego center Mm-hmm. So um, heart wise, that's really where your heart's desires are. So it's usually kind of like, what are you desiring um, in a, a slightly different way than you would with your sacral. So and also it's the center, you know, more looking at the ego side, the center of willpower and motivation. So when you have this defined, like you have a set defined pattern of where you are motivated and have willpower this doesn't mean that you necessarily fit society's norms, but this is just the way you automatically operate. And if you're a highly motivated person, because you have this activated and you have a really just a natural high state of motivation, you know, it, it's something you can go to for energy. Um, it's not the powerhouse like the sacral center is, but it definitely helps you stay motivated and have willpower to do things. People who have an undefined though, tend to have a natural sense of unworthiness and needing to prove something. Because society puts a lot of pressure on us to be motivated and have willpower all the time. Mm. So we, we think that's the norm when it's not really the norm because, you know, less than half the population doesn't have this defined. And so it's, you know, more natural for it to kind of ebb and flow. So it's not something you can kind of consistently rely upon. 
when you don't have it defined and you're taking in that. So if somebody is really pushing you to have strong motivation, willpower, and they're just, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing for you to be like them, it can definitely really tear into your, you know, your self-worth and you trying to prove something to, you know, to them or prove something to everyone. I had the center uh, undefined and I definitely have experience of always wanting to prove myself. Like no matter what situation I'm in, if I'm in a job and I'm doing everything I need to do, I am like, I still need to be, you know, seen in this way. I still need to show that I'm motivated and that I'm, you know, really, really worth it. And so for me, it's like, I know that I have to deal with my own personal worth issues and work those through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so funny because I, I feel like most of, so it's funny. Most of my friends have their solar plexus defined and then it's, it's called the will center. Is that my, or the, is it the will ego center? Is that what it's called? The heart ego center. The heart ego um, is, is undefined. And I feel like it's the same thing. Like you just said, it's like, they're in this like prove mode. So fascinating. So, so fascinating. Okay. And it can also be in a, just to add, it can also be an authority. Mm-hmm. So that's where you would, if you have it, you could either be a manifester or a projector. And mm-hmm. that's really about leaning into like what you really, what your heart desires, what your mm-hmm. heart is connected to. It's not going to be like an ego position to worry like, oh, you have the heart ego center for your, your authority. It means you make super egoic and selfish decisions. It's not like that at all. You're just very heart centered. And sometimes the ego, you know, if you're thinking about like resources or something like that, it's like you you kind of think about it in a way that's like managing it on an egoic level, but you but it's kind of projected out on this from this heart space. Wow. I didn't even realize that 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 that's an authority, huh? Okay, all right. Okay. And what is the next one? The next one would be the identity center, which also can be in in authority. So the identity center is really, you know, it's one of one of the few centers that really makes sense when you just look at the word. It's all about identity. Mm-hmm. So it's about your sense of self, your love of self, your love of life, and the direction that you're taking your life in. So if you have it defined, it's like you should, you know, if you're in healthy and alignment, you should really know about like you have this sense of self. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. And you generally have a more or less linear kind of path that you want to take your life in. When you have it open or open or undefined, then generally you, you, that wavers, like you don't have a linear path and it kind of changes. And sometimes that leans into kind of the theme of the, the manifesting generator about moving from thing to thing to thing. It's like, they're going to be multi-passionate because their kind of life story, their kind of direction isn't tied to like one thing. So some people are like born to be doctors and like, they probably have this identity center defined. Like if they find it, you know, it's like really fits their identity. And like the thing that they have always wanted to do in life was to be a doctor. And then they go and do it and they feel super connected by it. And it's like part of their identity. Whereas some people are like, like me, uh, I have an open, completely open identity center where I like, I wanted to be a doctor and then I want to be a veterinarian that I wanted to be you know, a psychologist. And then I wanted to be, you know, in business. And then I wanted to do this and this and this. And now I'm a coach, but maybe that'll change because I, you know, I have to kind of understand that my path does change. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at their, our, your core stuff and my identity center is defined. And I love how it says it's centered around self-love, love of life, sense of self, higher self and direction. And it's so funny because, I mean, for two, well, maybe a year and a half, but I have, I write almost 
every single day. I'm a self-love healer. And I guess that comes from my identity center. That is just amazing. I love that. Love that. And it could definitely tie into particular gates you have in the identity center and the channels that you have. Mm. Because that's going to really flavor the way you take in that identity. So sometimes the ones are really self-love focused. Ones are Mm -hmm. self, you know, or love of life focused, which actually tie really close into self-love. And one's like love of the body. So you're going to like, you look at these like gates and, and see how these defined gifts within you kind of flavor that identity too, and that connection to it. So someone who has the love of the body might be really great in terms of helping people love their bodies and, you know, come to terms with like not accepting that we're no one's perfect and no one's going to have the perfect weight or the perfect body or anything like that. And really connect to, you know, that your body is a, you know, a gift and to connect to it. And it's your, you know, it's what's moving you through life and in healthy perspectives. Okay. I have so much work to do tonight. I'm going to go through that identity. So I see that I have gate 15 in there. So that's, so I'm going to be looking at gate 15 and see that. I love this. I love this. This is why I love human design so much, so much. Okay. And then the next is the thrill. Real quick. So identity can, sorry, identity can also be your strategy. So this is only Mm. for, this would only be for projectors um, mm-hmm. since manifestors need a motor center connected to the throat. And so the identity center is really cool for an authority. It really means that you need a sounding board and you don't need a sounding uh-huh. board to give their, your, you know, an opinion. You mm-hmm. just need to talk it out. Yes. So you, you can even write it out. So you talk it out or write it out. And that helps mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the, you know, self-projected projector to really understand what they really want because they've kind of put it out there. They're projecting their story onto the page and or you know in a conversation and by usually by the end of the conversation they figured out whether it was right for them or not that is just so freaking cool i love it i love it okay um and then the next is the throat yep the throat center so the throat center is the center of manifestation and that really comes to manifestors and manifesting generators so a manifestor like i said has this has a motor center connected to the throat it doesn't have to be a direct connection because it can be the root center which is a motor connected to the spleen which is non-motor that connects to the throat or you can be directly connected and you're a manifesting gender if you both have a your sacral defined and a motor center connected to your throat it doesn't have to be the sacral center but if it's the sacral center is directly connected to the throat then it'd be you're kind of like a more manifestory manifesting generator but anyway for the general purposes, it's really about communication and expression. So like when we talk about the strategy, when it comes to being a manifester, they have to kind of inform. So that informing is all about that sense of communication and wherever the motor is connected to. So if the motor is connected, you know, if the motor is the solar plexus and you have this like really deep emotional expression that you just really want to get out there that's going to be connect. That's going to manifest through the throat. That's going to come out of the throat as a form of expression. So you have a, you you know, very deeply emotional poem that you just need to get out there and share. Then that's the center. That's going to kind of be that output. So when you have it defined, it just means that you have a really defined way that you communicate. And that can be in multitudes of ways. Some people are just really great speakers. Obviously you are in podcasting And some people are just very expressive artists. Some are just expressive writers. All these, you know, there's so many varied forms of expression. Mm -hmm. I feel like expression could even be through touch. Um, So there's a lot of ways that someone can express themselves. And when you have it defined, it's just you have a really just kind of a defined way in the ways that you do express yourself. 
you know, you, and also you just have this strong sense of your own voice. So when you speak, you usually are speaking, you know, especially if you're in alignment, when is the right time to speak? And just there's kind of a natural, natural thing. And when you have it open or undefined, it's, it's, you don't have that same connection to talk about yourself quite as easily. And you have to pick and choose your moments. And, but you have this great, amazing voice to express for others. So you're usually a voice for others when you have it open or undefined much more naturally than you are a voice for yourself. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, of course, you can't communicate about yourself. It just means that that's going to be something that doesn't always feel good or feel right for you. And when it's undefined, the, the really the not self in that scenario is that sometimes you are trying to use your voice for attention mm. or and also to be kind of be heard in a conversation when it may not be the right time. You just want to fill silence or feel like you're participating or whatever hang up you might have in terms of trying to interject in conversation. But you'll see if you are really recognized and valued in a conversation, your words are going to be much more well received versus if you're just trying to push yourself into a conversation and say something people you might get a negative response. Wow. And yeah, and I'm, I'm looking again at our, our core stuff that I did with you and um, was talking about the throat center. I'm just going to read a little bit, but it says um, the throat center manifestor, manifestation center center for sharing ideas, stories, and expressions, which I love sharing stories. I love hearing stories. This is the gate of the voice, a voice that wants to be heard. And I have this circled and marker and I have an arrow pointing that says childhood conditioning because my voice was silenced my whole childhood, teenage years and even beyond. And so now I am stepping into my voice and I want it to be heard everywhere. (laughs) And so it's so interesting how like this is my gift and my power part of that. And, you know, that there was that childhood conditioning theme that I had, but I had to go through that to go through now sharing this the way I'm sharing it now with the world. And that's amazing. That's an amazing example of how you have a defined throat, but you have conditioning that quiets your voice. Yeah. So the way it worked with me is like I had similar conditioning around not using my voice as an as an undefined throat and how that stopped, you know, how that probably got into, you know, got into play is that I started seeking attention in conversations like I wanted to be Mm. heard too much. Cause I was overcompensating yeah. where you had it really defined and really strong within you because you're, you're a manifesting generator. So you have a, you have a motor connected to your throat where, because you were told not to use your voice, you dampened your power and you dampened that and got it out of alignment that you weren't using your voice. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that's been, that's been probably one of the number one things that I have, I mean, I've definitely overcome it and things like that. Get it? I mean, there's still little things there, you know, that creep up on you. But I mean, that was, has been my biggest um, thing uh, for my childhood conditioning is overcoming, you know, that fear and that childhood conditioning is now I don't give a damn. Like I, I this is my time to help myself and help others. And it doesn't all that conditioning is just squashed. So I love it. I'm screaming from the mountaintop. So absolutely Um, okay and so the next one is the mind yes the mind or ajna center (laughs) so um just to say so we talked a little bit about mental projectors when i said no one has mental authority so mental projectors are ones that have e they could have all three the throat the ajna and the head defined or they could have the throat and ajna defined or the ajna and head defined 
Um, and then real quick on that, just to talk about the authority there, is that because they have this mental definition, either the Ajna in the head or, or the Ajna in the head. And so what they do is they have to kind of mentally research a decision. But that doesn't mean that they're making a decision based on that mental research. They're going into a place that feels good and kind of, you know, allowing for that decision to to come to them, like whether that's a good decision or not after they've done that work or actually physically putting themselves in a situation that mirrors that. So like, you know, if it's for a job, you know, going to that office and kind of experiencing how that feels can be really helpful or, you know, if you're planning uh, an event and going to that venue, or if it's something that's not venue-based, like going to a park that's super peaceful to you after you've done that done that mental work, and then allowing that decision to come to you while you're in a feel-good environment. Ah, okay, because I have a real good friend of mine. Her, it's the only one I know, she's a projector, but her authority is mental. And I remember she was one of the few first people that um i like looked at her human design chart and i didn't know what exactly what i was looking at but it said mental i'm like i don't know what that means (laughs) you know yeah that's super cool so they so they have to like it says on here step back and observe the situation from a removed point of view yes so that is so they're not you know they're not doing it in the place that they're currently doing research so okay. they have to remove themselves from that research and just let that kind of decision come uh, to them while they're there in that environment. So oh you'll my see God. With mental authority. Yeah. You'll see with mental authority that you're going to get a lot of varied descriptions. I've seen ones just like the ones you've, you, you, you recalled and also about doing this mental research and then finding a place that feels good. Others. And it's like, you have to kind of get into that environment the best that you can and see how it feels. So you know, the verdict is out there in terms of exactly how that expresses and it could express differently from person to person, but it's 100% not making a mental decision. You're not making a pro and cons list and looking at that list and making that decision. Okay. My mind is completely blown right now because her and I have been, uh, we were looking at investing in a house, buying a house, actually we've been doing it for months, but, uh, to get a house and for, to, uh, you know, have for an Airbnb, buy a house for Airbnb because she already has two. And we've been trying to, we were, when we first started, you know, things were going on and we're trying to figure out, you know, looking in different places where, you know, cause the housing market and all that. And she literally like a few weeks later texts me out of the blue and she goes, Christine, it, it has come to me and this is the house that we're going to do. And I was like, okay, like, that's cool. It literally comes to them. Yeah, and they've done, because they'll look at that house, they'll do the research, and then just kind of let it sit and get themselves in different environments. Of course, since it's a joint venture, you still need to make sure that it's a sacral yes for you, that same exact property. Mm -hmm. And even though you, maybe you gave that property as one of the options that you had already said, yes, I love this property, a list of like 10 different properties, and she's just coming around. So anyone who has like instantaneous authority, like... Mm -hmm which is really, you know, sacral and uh, splenic. And really, I would say both heart, ego and identity can get an answer fairly quickly um, versus the, you know, the mental projectors, the um, emotional authority. And then also with obviously the reflectors, you need 28 days, you know, you have to, you know, like you said, you just have to give them time and bandwidth to understand when that's correct, even if you already know what your decision is. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So, and there was a house that I was like, we've got, this is the house. And she was like, eh. you know, and she didn't really tell me why. And I was just like, well, I've never done this before. She knows what she's doing, but I might literally, my gut was like, this is the house. This is the house. This is the house. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's so fascinating. That is just truly fascinating. Okay. And then the next, uh, the last energy. Well, we, sorry, sorry I, we didn't talk about the Ajna. So the Ajna, sorry, I went straight to the mental authority and skipped over oh, the actual oh, center. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so the Ajna is a, like a, a, re, a realization, rationalization, you know, it's making sense of things. Um, so it's highly obviously connected to the head. The head is, I'll kind of talk about them in conjunction. So the head is where inspiration comes in and information and um, questions. Well, the Ajna is where all of that information is taken into account and rationalized and conceptualized. And it's like really where you're coming into the answers. So if you have the Ajna Center defined, then it's meant that you are going to be, have a perspective on things, an opinion on things that you're going to, you know, and a lot of the times you're going to hold true to that, especially if you have the gate of opinions. And that's like something that is your personal truth. Like you 100% believe that it's, you know, you've made sense about it in the way that you make sense of things and you kind of become a little more rigid in the way you view the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know, I know that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and when you have it open, you're meant to be literally open-minded mm. and meant to take in a bunch of different perspectives. And like, you know, sometimes you're playing devil's advocate with people who have their decisions already or their, um, you know, made their opinion, you know, know their opinion, know their perspective. And you're like, but what about this opinion or that opinion or this? And the tip there is that even though if you have an open or undefined, you are amazing to have around because you're always considering, you know, other perspectives and other opinions, but you're likely not meant to change the mind of somebody who has already made their opinion and has the center defined. Uh huh. Yes. That, that is a thousand percent correct. Um, that is one of my friends, um, that has, his defined and you're very rigid. Um, I mean, there's been a few times I've slipped through and he's like, Oh yeah, uh, maybe, you know, um, interesting, interesting, interesting. When, and when that person is like really healthy about it. And so I'll bring up my significant other again, he's like, doesn't tell me that like, because I believe something different, I'm wrong. He just kind of says like, you know, like I see it, but you know, this is what I believe in. And yeah. I, it's a really healthy perspective to have because yes. like owning your own truth but yes. allowing for other people to own their own truth as well. So that's yes. super healthy, even though we don't agree on restaurants all the time, mm-hmm. but we do, you know, he does have this really, you know, it's not characteristic of someone with a defined Ajna because to them it is true. So it's, you know, become something where we've kind of worked it out and it's like, he's like, I get what you're saying, you know, but it's not, you know, it's, it's not my belief. And we're like, okay. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, and yeah. I can see your, his perspective too. So I totally understand. It's like, yes. but when I'm yes where it's like, oh, but I, I, I feel more in this direction or, or that mm-hmm, direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, so that's the, that's the thing. And so the kind of not self of, of having it open then, um, obviously it, having it defined as being too rigid and thinking your truth is everyone's truth versus having it undefined or open where you feel you have to be certain about things because the world tells you you have to be certain about things. So it's like you have to make these decisions. And sometimes when you feel forced to make a decision, you become really rigid in that perspective. Like say if you have... Um, when it comes to politics and you have very strong religious opinions about certain things and you have an, you have an open Ajna, but your religion dictates that you need to take this side. And mm-hmm. so even though you can see all of the perspectives about it, 
you're going to, you know, possibly incorrectly just go with what your religion says, because that is what you're supposed to believe. And so you become super, super rigid about that belief, even though you're meant to be even more open-minded. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That is nuts. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like, you know, at birth, everybody should get their human design chart. Like just give you, here's the copy of it. Like that's just nuts. Wow. Wow. Well, hopefully that's the world. That's the world we're coming into, right? That someone's mm-hmm. looking at someone's birth chart, they're mm-hmm. looking at someone's human design chart, and you know, and it's it could be a very effective tool for parenting. A, a thousand percent, yeah. Because I mean, the like I said, the world around here is definitely change. Um, you know, you know, with my daughter and I and her grades and all of that stuff. Okay, and then the last one is the head center. So, like I said, that the ought to the you know. The alternate is the answers and the head center is the question. So that's all the information that kind of floods in. And mm-hmm. when you have it defined, it means that you're really kind of inspired internally. You have this like filter about what matters, like what questions are worth answering, you know, and really what, you know, what inspires you. You have this like filter around it. You just know. And, you know, and it obviously depends on the gates and the channels you have defined. But, you know, it's it feeds right into the answer center. So you can't have the head center without the option center defined. So it just kind of, you know, you don't have as much mental pressure as people that have it open where they're just constantly bombarded with information and have to figure out, like, whether this is something worth answering, whether there's something worth spending time on. And the thing about whether you have any of these, you know, any of these top two centers defined or undefined, it doesn't mean that if you don't have the option defined, it doesn't mean that you're not a thinker. That doesn't mean you don't have big ideas. It just means the, your perspective around them is a lot more understanding multiple perspectives than it is to uh-huh. have a definitive answer. And so it, it's one of those things like, I, you know, I, I struggle with this because I, you know, I think of myself as a fairly intelligent person and I'm just like, well, I don't understand. But then I'm sometimes also those open head, open Ajna people just, you know, have an answer for everything kind of. Uh-huh get really super engaged in a lot of things and just have a really strong sense of curiosity about it. So I don't want anyone out there to think that if they have an open Ajna or open head, that they're not intelligent and not, you know, their, you know, their thoughts and opinions and things aren't worth sharing or valuable. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 yeah, for sure. Um, Wow. That's all of this is just so fascinating. That is just, and my same friend, her head, so her head and Ajna are both defined. That's the one that does the mental, uh, you know, has, her authority is mental. And I, I know that, and actually when we we get together and we're just talking about life or whatever, and she, I remember, she just, she'll start asking questions about X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, why is, why are you even asking that? Why does that even matter? Like, you know, it's so funny now. Okay. I'm going to analyze every single person's human design chart. Yeah. Conversation. That is just, Okay, it's so fast. That's just so fascinating. I just love it so much. And, and keep in mind that that question is fascinating. That question is worth it for her. Like, yeah. for her, See? it matters. Yes. yes. And I've just got to listen. I've got to just listen. Yeah. Um, but you and- don't have to spend, you know, you don't have to let that question hang on you either. You know, it's one of yeah. those things that it's not, you know, if you have an open head, it's not meant to weigh on you. And it's up to you to make boundaries with that. So let yeah. her become fascinated by it and keep mm-hmm. searching for it. 
and you can help her in the meantime just talk about it but you just like let it go after that it's her question to answer yeah and I and I usually don't have a problem with that it's that damn emotional solar plexus thing that I'm still struggling with you know still still working through so um I can't I don't even have time for the head um okay well this is awesome anything else you feel like we need to add or cover before we wrap up I think we've covered a lot today I <laughs> so I, I think there's so much information in here that is going to be really juicy and helpful to a lot of people yes 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 awesome well I appreciate your time so much I love you love you too okay talk to you later bye sounds good bye thank you to all the listeners of how coronavirus saved my life podcast if you want to know more about me and hear crazy family stories, hop on over to the podcast I make with my sister. It's called The Family Burrito. My sister, Jessie, and I made the podcast after our dad died in March of 2021. We did it as a way to heal our childhood wounds. Now we are healing and now we're having a good time. So if you want to hear more stories, crazy sense of humor, and get to know my personality a little bit better, Hop on over to The Family Burrito, anywhere you get your podcast streaming.